Hello beautiful people and welcome to the Holistic Awakening Podcast. I am Natalia O.L., your host, breath healer and holistic life coach for the modern awakened woman. In this podcast, we explore holistic awakening related topics. From feminine activation, cyclical wisdom, wellness, biohacking, alternative healing methods, to consciousness, magic, spirituality, personal development, and psychedelics. In this sacred space, you will find interviews with light leaders, juicy conversations, and live activations that will help you feel inspired and supported in your own holistic awakening journey. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Holistic Awakening Podcast. I am your host, Natalia the Breath Chica, and it is a real pleasure to be sharing this space with you today, so thank you for being here. Before we dive into today's conversation, I want to let you know that on March 8th, I went live over at Breath Guru's Instagram to talk about breathwork and the Divine Feminine for International Women's Day. So if you want to learn about how breathwork can help you step into the path of feminine embodiment, I really recommend that you go and watch that over at their Instagram and you will find the link in the show notes. I'm super excited to be presenting to you today our conversation with my fellow female friend and entrepreneur Catherine Galahad. This episode is actually super in alignment with International Women's Day, feminine empowerment and yeah the topic of this month which is Women's History Month. So today's conversation it's all about feminine leadership, spiritual entrepreneurship, spirituality and the power of yoga as a healing and transformative modality. I love Catherine. We met in a business mastermind a few years ago and I am just so pleased to have had this conversation with her and I'm happy to be shining a light on the work that she's bringing into the world. Catherine is a mentor and she focuses on working with spiritual entrepreneurs, which I know for a fact that is not an easy path. Um, So thank you so much, Catherine, for joining us in the show. And with further ado, let's dive into the conversation. I hope that you enjoy it, that this conversation inspires you. And I will see you on the other side. Hi, Catherine. Welcome to the Holistic Awakening Podcast. It's such a pleasure to have you here today. Thank you so much, Natalia. I'm really grateful to be here. I'm very excited. Thank you. I'm very excited too for our conversation today. And I would love for you to start us off by letting us know a little bit about who you are And how did you end up walking the spiritual path? (laughs) Thank you so much. It's always difficult to know where to begin with this question because I feel like my whole life, you know, has led me to this place. But my name is Catherine Gallagher and I run the Empower Method, which is a threefold business of yoga, retreats and spiritual business mentorship. And it feels still very new to say this, but I can now say I'm an award-winning entrepreneur, which is really exciting. And that's something that very recently happened. So in the theme of empowering women, which is what I really stand for, I think it's important that I say that about myself so I can celebrate that in myself recently in uh, being able to add that to my business and I've been a yoga teacher now for five years. It will be five years next week that I've been self-employed since leaving my corporate job. So I'm also really celebrating that too. And in more recent years, I've rebranded from Yoga with Catherine, which was my initial name for my business into the Empower Method as 
my true passion is working with women in particular and really helping them to remember their innate power within and help to bring that out of people through transformational yoga and incredible world-class retreats and also the spiritual business mentorship program that I run. Awesome. Well, congratulations on all of the new updates for your career and your business. I'm super happy for you. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's been a real journey this past year, rebranding and changing the name of my business and then giving it a go to apply for my first award. So that was really, really special and feels like, um, yeah, things have really begun to to progress after five years but it's always a slow start perhaps at the beginning you're finding your feet everything feels so new uh, and then you start to learn a lot of lessons in the entrepreneur entrepreneurial life which I'm sure you can relate to a lot Natalia as well um, and then yeah it's really wonderful when you start to see the uh, sort of um, rewards from all the hard work you put into your business. Mm, yeah, I love that because I know many people want to try perhaps having a business on the side or even doing a hobby on the side. And because we are in this culture where we just get what we want instantly, right? Through the internet, through buying, we forget that bigger projects require time and they also evolve. So it doesn't surprise me that after five years of solid work and continuous, you know, investment and energy, you're really flourishing now. And that's super cool to see, especially because I've shared some of my business journey with you. So it's nice. It's, it's always uh, exciting to see how it's changing. Um, I'm curious to know a bit more about what got you into the yoga world and yeah, tell us a little bit more about what happened in that moment. And I'm assuming that was your first connection with the, spir the spiritual journey or is your spiritual journey something that began before you pursued your business? Amazing question. Yeah, thank you, Natalia. And so much came up there for me as you were speaking to touch on other things too. But really, uh, I've been spiritual my whole life as far back as I can remember, you know, all the way back, some of my earliest memories, I remember my mom tucking me up in bed and me asking her deep philosophical questions like what happens when you die? And that what is heaven? And how can we go on forever? And you know, I was raised in a very uh, religious family, spiritual family, um, you know, all of us had a very strong faith as far as I know, we all still do as well. And I was always fascinated by not only the religion and culture I was brought up in, but world religions as well. And there were other members of my wider family who for Christmas would give me gifts um, like autobiography of a yogi by Paramahansa Yogananda at a really young age, you know, 10, 11 years old. I was also reading the Bhagavad Gita. I loved religious studies at school. Um, that was actually the degree I did at university was theology and religious studies. So it's really been a um, subject and topic that in my family was something we always spoke about <clears throat> over the dinner table and what I just loved at school as well. And I think that's why I'm still so deeply interested in people and why they believe certain things, why they behave a certain way. And then I first tried yoga as in yoga asana at school. We had that from when I was about 16 years old, but I hated it. I thought it was really weird. I felt really dizzy. I didn't know how to breathe. I thought the teacher was really wacky. And I was like, this is not for me. <laughs> and it wasn't until... Um, I was in my early 20s, I was working in London, and I was getting really bad back pain, as I have uh, scoliosis. So I thought maybe, you know, yoga will help as there wasn't a dance class available. So I started to do yoga. And again, I didn't really connect with it. It was more like at a gym. So it's a little bit more like fitness style yoga. And it wasn't until I moved outside of London that a local studio around the corner from me opened up and I just loved it because they were teaching different types of yoga, restorative, yin, hot yoga, meditation classes. 
And at the same time as beginning a membership with them, my middle sister was diagnosed with cancer in her pregnancy. And I'd gone to a yoga class the day before finding out <clears throat> and something kept me going back there after getting that news because I remembered a sense of peace that I'd felt in Shavasana. I didn't know at that point it was called Shavasana, but I just remember lying there on the ground and I'd never felt my body relax so much and sink into the floor. I thought it was the most incredible feeling and experience. So after receiving such uh, disturbing news that really shook my core, shook the ground under my feet, it felt like, okay, maybe yoga is a good idea for, for me. Maybe I should keep going to this. And it really became my saving grace. It became my anchor. Uh, it felt very safe to be there. I didn't know anyone. I didn't have to explain myself. I didn't have to talk about what I was going through inside. I could just go there, melt into the ground and, and really be with my feelings rather than, you know, drink or run away from them or numb myself. I sort of allowed myself to process slowly and focused on the more gentle sides of yoga. So it was really restorative yoga that I was practicing mainly at that point and some hot yoga as well. But it was from there I then uh, continued to go, was offered to train, thought I would just deepen my practice, like so many people say. And then I couldn't help but teach after training. It just felt like I have to share this with other people. And all the signs were leading me to, to teach others. Wow, thank you for sharing all of that. I love learning this about you. I didn't know you're you were such a spiritual child. I feel like that's something I resonate with because I was also a very spiritually connected child and very interested. I, I was raised Catholic, so I really loved Jesus, you know, and all the stories uh, from the Bible were adapted for children and I loved reading them and, and learning. And yeah, and it's just, it just sounds like it's, I'm, I'm just so, surprised to, to hear this I don't I don't often hear that story like normally people that I speak with they say oh no my spiritual awakening began at this point because something specific happened but for you it was always there and then it seems like with yoga it's only um, deepened your spirituality and your spiritual practice and, and would you say you consider your yoga practice more of like a spiritual self-care practice rather than a workout then? Absolutely. Yoga for me, yoga asana is the tip of the iceberg of my spiritual life. And I think that's a common misconception that the movement practice is everything. But as you can hear from my story, it's become part of my life at a much later age you know only when I was 24 25 I think did I actually start an asana practice whereas prayer and meditation they have been there forever and I think back to childhood and I think of that as my most powerful moments were just lying in bed before going to sleep reading commentaries on the Bhagavad Gita at such a young age it's kind of a bit strange and Maybe like you, I don't know, I was a little bit in the closet spiritual because to speak about it at school would be weird. And I definitely wasn't a weird child. I was, you know, I always had friends and I was sociable and, and everything like that. But um, it wasn't something that I shared with people very much, especially not about members of my family who were also really... Uh, deeply involved in following certain gurus, doing certain kriyas, doing certain meditation practices. So I understood about that side of things from a really young age, but I also was aware that for the vast majority of people, that was quite unusual. And, you know, we were practicing, me and my cousins, telepathy when we were really young and, you know, trying to see if we could read each other's minds. And these were the kinds of games that we would play in our family, um, but I didn't really share that with people for fear of being thought of as weird. And the few times I did share it with people, they would react in a way that was quite concerned or find it a bit strange. So I sort of 
learned when and where it was maybe appropriate to talk about or not or who I could share it with whereas now I'm just like this is who I am and mm-hmm. this is me and maybe there's a, a lot of the spiritual life I haven't shared with people but um that's also because some of it is just for me you know my relationship with God it's a very personal intimate thing I wouldn't know how to express it in words perhaps mm-hmm. but it is um it's literally my life so yeah. It is oh, everything. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for sharing. I feel like this topic about our relationship with the divine or with God or with whatever we believe in is such an intimate thing. And it's like a big part of who we are as a spiritual people. And I can see how keeping that inside can be very beautiful, but it can also make us feel like we're not fully expressing who we are or like we're not being seen completely and especially as entrepreneurs who are working with other people and wearing these platforms Facebook Instagram trying to connect with others trying to share who we are it can then become very vulnerable to be like okay how much can I share and are people going to understand me and I'm curious to talk about this because you said that you were doing a spiritual mentorship program which I think that's something new um, that I wasn't aware you were doing before and you know linking this to your childhood and how interested you were in spirituality and your studies and all of the things that you've been reading about like it makes total sense that you are going to be a spiritual mentor and it, it also makes me feel like it's not even about yoga that yoga is just as you said, like one of the things you do to connect with your spirituality, to connect with, with yourself. Um, but yeah, tell me, tell me more about what a spiritual mentor is and mm. how do you navigate um, sharing that in the world? Because I definitely feel like part of my mission here is to be a teacher and a mentor and to to share and to help people connect with their own divinity and yet I struggle so much to find the words or to um or maybe I get in my own way because I'm afraid that someone is not going to understand me and you know some of the reasons why I launched this podcast was to to be able to talk about spirituality to talk about um healing and to be of service uh, so that people will you know perhaps listen some things that will touch their hearts and spark something in them so I'm just curious absolutely yeah so much I could say but it's actually a spiritual business mentorship so it's called the empower program and I specifically work with female spiritual entrepreneurs so perhaps yoga teachers reiki practitioners crystal healers Uh, I've even had humanitarian aid worker in there who wanted to start her own mentorship, which is incredible. So really all who are welcome, who feel that they would define themselves as a spiritual entrepreneur. Uh, but I love to use things from different cultures to, to help in the teaching. So for example, like you were saying, sometimes, you know, out of fear, I won't share something or can't find the words So that makes me think of an obstacle. So who's the remover of obstacles, also the placer of of obstacles? It's Ganesha, the elephant god. So we talk about that and that concept of, well, how could you both remove obstacles that you've put in your way, but maybe you also put them there so you can learn a life lesson from them. And then we have, you know, the different goddesses, which I love to explore. So Lakshmi, for example, is the goddess of abundance, beauty, aroma, uh, opulence, decadence. You know, do you allow yourself to receive? Do you allow yourself to adorn yourself and to feel beautiful and to feel like a goddess? And, you know, these are just tiny little things that we touch on. But really, I try to help spiritual entrepreneurs get out of their own way to actually work less, which is what I do now after, you know, years of working many hours, I've realized less is really more. So I allow myself to slow down, to rest, to be gentle with myself and put 
all of my power, all of my energy into a few really solid offers, hold the frequency of that offer. So already know that on some level it's sold out and it always works. It always happens that way because I'm holding that frequency before it's happened. Uh, and, you know, working on those few things so that I deliver something really world-class, make high income on each offer, and but I can also take a step back and do a lot, lot less than I used to. Like going all over the place, running, you know, 15, 20 classes a week in some commercial studio for 20 pounds, 30 pounds, 60 pounds if I'm lucky. Like these are small ticket jobs, scrambling around for small amounts that's not for me. And it's taken a lot to be able to say that and be, no, I, I want more, I deserve more. Uh, my value is, um, not my value, sorry, but you know, my price point is this, and it's not my job to make myself affordable for everyone. You know, I get to choose. So these are all big statements to make that are quite still hard to actually say, um, but with enough, you know, training and repetition, mm. I hold yeah. that for myself. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. You know, I feel like the world of the spiritual entrepreneurs and in particular teachers, uh, yoga teachers, even Pilates teachers, meditation teachers, um, I do understand that we have to begin, you know, with practice and start from the bottom, earning our way up learning, getting experience, working in many different studios. But then it gets to a point where something has to change because as we grow, we need a better quality of life. And I am really curious about talking about this topic because I was a Pilates teacher for many, many years, almost 10 years. Mm. And wow. I like worked in studios for other people since I was six, uh, 17 and it was an amazing journey so I began teaching when I was at university uh, I was just so honored you know to, to be teaching and to be getting paid and to be learning so much and I continued to work really hard and to um, train myself with different trainings and additional workshops and honestly you name it like I've done it all and after eight years or so, I reached the master instructor level at, in Peak Pilates and I did my training to become a teacher trainer. So basically to teach people who want to become facilitators. And I think that I never pursued that path because I already arrived at that point feeling very, very burnt out from my job. Um, I was in London, uh, you know, working 20 to 30 to, to 40 hours a week, uh, teaching nonstop. I had had several uh, episodes of losing my voice and having um, problems not being able to, to project my voice correctly during classes. And Pilar, I don't know, I think yoga is a bit different but because people know the poses, so there is less cueing. But in Pilates, everything is cued to the minimum detail so it's a non-stop uh, job for the teacher to constantly talk and when I arrived at that point I was like no I'm just I can't pursue this path because I've I just don't believe in it anymore what am I gonna do teach teachers so that they do what I've done to teach for for <laughs> six eight years and like burn themselves out um, but I also noticed that as I grew up I became also more sensitive and I was also doing my own healing my own walking my own spiritual awakening so many things were changing inside and I began to realize there's going to be a more like feminine way to work where I can get the same results um, without having to sacrifice my needs my physical needs my my um, cyclical needs and that was the point where I actually decided to change what I was doing and began my online business. And I was still teaching at that point because I was still transitioning. Um, and then so many different 
things opened in my life in like a new view, right? Like, okay, I'm going to do work that really matters to me, that I can really hold a beautiful space for people, get paid a decent amount that also matches, you know, my training and all of the work that I've done on myself and teach people how to find a new way to live life. But I'm still concerned about the world of yoga and the world of wellness in general because it's a world where literally anyone can access it. You know, maybe when I began my Pilates training, I was at university studying sports science and I did many, many training. So I guess I was like at the top of my, um, at, at the top of my industry because I was highly qualified for my job. But anyone can do like a week Pilates long training or like a, a month yoga teacher training. And then because they're, is such an abundance of trainings and options for people to to get certified then that gives like such a bad rep to our industry because everyone takes advantage of the instructors and you know asks the instructors to just assist for many many classes and paid or to yeah get paid like 15 20 25 quid an hour which is just not sustainable so i'm just curious to to hear your thoughts Mm. Well, as you said, the wellness industry, not so well. <laughs> yeah, and I've worked with many yoga teachers who have suffered such abuse the same way I have, but this abuse of the word karma, which I can't stand of become a karma yogi. And this is not what karma means because karma is a, a selfless act. But if you're doing it, out of wanting to gain something or the studio owner or the, uh, the yoga teacher is looking to have a karma yogi to assist them for free, that's actually, they're trying to gain something out of you. So this is not true, the true meaning of karma. And I, I really strive to, well, I always pay anyone I work with um, or who works for me. So any assistance on retreats, they are paid. I don't agree with trade work or volunteer work once you're qualified because you're qualified. So um, I feel very, very strongly about this, Natalia, and it's a really important topic to touch on. But what I try to do is empower spiritual entrepreneurs to think like you did in another way as to how they can make a living and you don't have to follow the same path like everyone else of schlepping around every yoga, gym, studio, possible, every venue, sorry, not yoga, <laughs> to make a living. And then one day you have a studio and then you run the teacher training. You know, there are other ways. And in the Empower program, I really try to help um, reignite that creativity within everyone to think about, okay, what could be my signature offer? Maybe they want to run a mentorship and help others. Maybe they want to run an online meditation series or an online yin program or do their first ever retreat where you give one retreat a year abroad where you're making five figures rather than working in a million studio classes, scraping together the funds. You know, these are genuine results that the program has had, hence it now being an award-winning spiritual business mentorship. Um, and I so strongly believe in the less is more approach that I've already mentioned to you, just especially as women, allowing ourselves to receive more playtime, more rest, more gentleness. And then when we do show up and we do give, it really is more. So I think that's such a beautiful approach to have in business, especially as women who are have seriously arrived on the scene. Like when people are saying, you know, women are rising or rising, we're not like we've arrived and now everyone has to listen because the mums I see, you know, so much respect to the mothers out there who are homeschooling plus running their own business. Like women are doing so well we're also outperforming men on the stock market now. Like there are studies on this and it's just so incredible to be a woman in this time and space. So I feel very proud of that. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Less is more. And it's just a matter of how can we 
do things with integrity, right? Like for our bodies, for our energy levels, and also how can we be in integrity with men as well? Like you were saying, you know, like there's there's just been such big difference, big gaps with men. And I believe that it's our job to reclaim more of who we are as women and more of the ways in which we actually enjoy working and, and thriving rather than trying to be in the same jobs as men, being men, working as if we had male bodies and male brains. And then when we honor our own path, let the men be the men, let the woman be the woman, then we see that we, you know, we're, we are equal. We can um, reach the same results just perhaps um, through different routes and, sorry, yeah, routes. And we need different things in our life, right? Like women, as you said, like, you know, we're the mothers, we're the teachers, we are um, the nurturers. And how can, and we enjoy doing that, right? Like we want to do things that bring us to our heart, bring us connection with other people. So why can't we just thrive doing the things that we actually want to do? Um, so it's uh, so empowering that you are giving this message to all of your uh, clients and people you're mentoring. And another thing that I want to touch on in terms of like the wellness world is, I guess, as well as the coaching world, is, is it a very unregulated world at the moment is a very unregulated industry and you know I I think that if someone really wants to follow the path of yoga pilates meditation or like put themselves out there and like help others that is totally doable and it just requires you know time commitment energy um, to get proper certification and to, in my opinion, like not settle for like the average minimum certification, but to like constantly like learn and try to, yeah, like, you know, make sure that you are then offering things that match your training and that match your um, background, right? Like not just do a, a training for a weekend and be like, oh, I'm going to be now like a mentor for for other Pilates instructors and I'm going to make six figures like where is the integrity there right like that's that's just not um realistic and I'm just curious to hear your opinion in terms of um how much that is being thrown in the yoga community and maybe not challenge not being challenged with critical thinking and integrity and and you as a leader leading people in this area I'm just curious to to hear your opinion and any insights that you have about this topic absolutely wow yeah big question so authenticity is so key and what I look for I'm obviously looking for talent I want to work with talent but I'm also looking for the things you've mentioned integrity authenticity and one of the first questions I would be interested to ask someone I'm, you know, who is potentially interested in me mentoring them is, okay, well, how's your spiritual practice? What are you practicing yourself? And I don't mean teaching because that is not your own practice. I'm talking about self-practice, self-led practice, even, you know, are you meditating? Do you pray? Like, what is it? Or do you walk this earth with reverence? And that's your practice. It doesn't matter as long as there is a genuine connection and union, because that's the real meaning of yoga is union. So I'm asking these questions, what does yoga mean to you? And I think often, you know, that's met with a bit of silence, because teachers come to me at the point that you've mentioned where you're just burnt out on the brink, you don't have time for your own practice, let alone to think about self-care, that's gone out the window because all you're doing is giving, 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 and everything's out of balance. There's no yin and yang at all. It's just yang, just fire, just action, and then burn out completely. So often I'm working with teachers to bring them back to a state of the beginning, unraveling everything and asking, you know, why? do you even do this? And that usually comes from 
maybe there's been trauma, like I mentioned, you know, the time my sister being diagnosed and my world falling apart and other things happening at the same time. Um, and then realizing I want to be a teacher in the front of that room where I could have a girl at the back in absolute hell and provide a safe space for her. Or there has to be a genuine reason and a purpose and for that purpose to be bigger than any fear. Like the why that you're doing something has to be bigger than any fear getting in the way. Um, but yeah, I, I can't speak of having seen a lot of... Um, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know the entire industry. There must be people out there who are uh, sort of making bank off of not having much experience. But I'm also like, if you have the balls to do that and people want to pay that, it's a free market. And if you, you know, if you've got something to sell and it's really there, then why not? Um, but I personally don't work with people unless I feel that they are genuinely in it because the main thing they're doing is being of service. And that's what my life is for. It's in service ultimately to God. So it's a part of my devotion. Um, but it's also in service of other human beings, hopefully the planet, all living things. Um, but I want to hear that from someone. You know, what is your why? How's your own spiritual practice? And what does that look like? Is it non-negotiable in your life? Because if there isn't that anchoring, that stability, I feel it's going to be a very rocky path entering the spiritual entrepreneurial life if there's no foundation or basis in yourself of your spiritual life. So it wouldn't really make sense to me. Um, but I certainly am willing to work with teachers who feel that burnout or perhaps paralysis out of fear, but they still have that genuine core desire to be of service and then it's a lot of work with each other on making sure that that is what guides them rather than their own ego their own obstacles their own fear because then you're not going to get anywhere mm. yeah I love two things that you said so the first one how important your own self-care and your own practice is and I feel like this relates to the spiritual entrepreneur but it also relates to the you know, anyone, the regular person, right? And I think that's something that I believe spiritual entrepreneurs and in general, like women in business are really embodying and really trying to teach the world that, you know, we, we as individuals, we come first. If we are not doing okay, we cannot serve others. We cannot give that which we don't have. And I guess for anyone who's out there listening to us, like if you are a mom or if you are a wife or if you are a teacher or a woman in business and you are not feeling like the results are coming or, or you're stressed out, like not enjoying your journey as a mom or being in a relationship, like how, how are you caring for yourself? how is your own practice are you anchoring right and I, and I think what you said resonated about that creating that foundation and I think it's absolutely necessary for business but it is equally necessary for all areas right like for a relationship with a with your beloved you know woman or men um but yeah like I feel like it's such an important part of changing the way we operate in this world where we are in a respectful relationship with ourselves and we really honor that and then the other thing that you said that you know it's true yeah like if someone has the balls to go out there and start selling stuff when they're not certified and people want to pay them like obviously it is a free market it is a free world and people will do what they want to do but from the perspective of a practitioner, I obviously wouldn't wouldn't do anything, right? I, I would let them do, but I am concerned that people will get hurt in the end because, you know, you'll go into a mentorship program or into a yoga teacher training and then you, you realize that the person who's doing that without enough training might not be able to hold the space properly for the things that come up or, you know, like don't teach things correctly. So... Yeah, I think, as you said, it is a free market and it is a gray area. Um, but I am just voicing that because it, it upsets me. And I think I need to be honest 
and uh, also let people know where I stand. Um, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, so many like yeah. interesting things that we're sharing. Yeah. I would always obviously advise uh, insurance <laughs> and qualifications. So I think, uh, you know, I don't practice with people. I really don't give my time anymore to yoga classes unless I feel they're absolutely world-class. I think when you've done enough yoga, you really start to spread out where you're looking for it. And, you know, you want to learn from the best in the world. And that's also what I'm striving to be is right at the top of the industry. So, um, but I think uh, if you feel you have something to learn from someone, maybe through coaching or, or other things, um, their life experience can also be of so much value without having necessarily an accreditation or certificate to it. But certainly if you're talking about body work, I wouldn't um, <clears throat> step a toe inside a room with someone I knew was qualified. So trusting a studio where you know there's insurance in place and just everyone out there, whether you're a facilitator, practitioner, both, just look after yourself, do your research and mm -hmm. yeah, go where your heart guides you as well. Yeah, intuition is so important as well. Like we're always um, guided to the right people for us, whether they are mentors or teachers and there's always something there. For, for us to absorb or to um, learn. And I'm curious, with the yoga world, do you find that the new students or people who are just beginning their journey, they tend to like idealize people who are more experienced? Is, that, is there like a little bit of a, of a hierarchy in the yoga world or is that more like in the old days and is now shifting or is it still there? Yeah, well, it was making me giggle because I've been both the person who idolizes people and then also I've had that happen on me, uh, which is such an uncomfortable experience and <clears throat> um, never put anyone on a pedestal, guys, because they'll only upset you. No one is perfect. You can never meet someone's expectations if you're on that pedestal. And, you know, I've I have the utmost respect for my teachers beyond me, but I think as I've grown in the industry, I look to them as peers rather than any sort of hierarchy. And I know obviously the relationship of mentee, mentor is an interesting one, but what I'm trying to do, really striving to do is, is help them feel like I'm a peer rather than them putting me up up there. It's It's very much the essence of if I can do this you can do this and absolutely that's true but I think when you're a super fresh keen bean newly qualified yoga teacher you definitely look to those who have taught you on your training or people in the industry you can almost be a bit starstruck I was totally like that about yoga girl when I went out to Aruba and I met Rachel and but I left that training a peer rather than a fan So that was very empowering for me and to really feel from her, you know, like you can do this as well. And yes, I absolutely am doing it, building my own empire in my own way. So that's what the best teachers and mentors will do is say, you know, this is nothing to do with me. This is the yoga working through me, channeled through me. And it's basically your effort. It's all your effort why you feel that way detached from the teacher they just channeled something through them but it's nothing to do with them the reason you feel good you feel empowered you feel refreshed at the end of a yoga class is because you showed up to the mat you did the practice and you were present for it so it's mm. all you're doing yeah that sounds amazing like I love when you said the yoga is being channeled through the teacher and um that's amazing it it actually reminds me of practicing other modalities like reiki or spiritual healing where you know it's it's really practitioners are working with the outside energy that is moving through them and then you know all they need to do is be there as a conduit for the work uh, to happen for the medicine to be delivered and that's such a um, beautiful beautiful conclusion and I think we need more of that type of energy more of that perspective in terms of um, the well-being and healing industry and 
to understand that when we are building a brand, obviously you have to promote yourself and you have to share with people who you are because we're in these human bodies and, you know, we interact at the human level. So we need to educate other people about what we do and who we are. But the most important thing is that if you are working with someone in the spiritual entrepreneur real world, whether it is a healer, psychic channel, yoga teacher, a breath worker, these people with all their years of experience and training and everything are still only working with a higher power or um, yeah, God, divine energy. And that just makes me feel so much better about everything <laughs> about the industry about my work about your work and I just feel like it's something we don't normally educate people on you know so people will, when they come to work with us it's easier for them to project on us like oh you know Catherine is this and this and she's the best or like Natalia she's healing me or she's doing this and that and it's like hey 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 no <laughs> you are doing your own work you are showing up to the mat you are showing up to your breathwork practice and we're just here to hold space, guide and be of service. And I think that there's so much fear that gets in the way of us realizing that when we're starting our journey, you know, both in the spiritual awakening path as well as the business uh, journey, which is our way of spiritually awakening as well, <laughs> you know, being in business. Absolutely. Um, yeah, like it's, just, it's, it's sort of uh, coming back to what you said before coming back to this foundation, this ground, right? Like, what is our spiritual practice? What do we believe? How do we anchor? So beautiful. And I love the word you said about being a conduit. That's exactly it. It's being the vessel for this work to work through you and land with other people. And if they're open to receiving it. It's truly what it is. So before everything I do, Natalia, I say a prayer and I, I put my faith in God and I ask him, please help me to have the right words for this podcast. Please help me to move people's bodies in the right way to touch their heart for whoever needs some love today. And I really believe that, that the divine is working through all of us. And, you know, when people talk about manifestation, often there's, I sense some arrogance perhaps of people, you know, I manifested it. Yes, on some level, but with the help of what, you know, the above, well, that's what I believe anyway, whether you say God, higher power, source, consciousness, it's something working through you. And I mm -hmm. find it such an empowering thing. And also the best way of mentoring mentees is just say, stop making this about you it's not about you it's about them it's about being of service it's about that girl in the back of the room who is in hell right now and needs to be held and taught how to breathe again and to remember who she is or the guy who is being abused at home you know whoever they are make it about them and stop getting in your own way let the work work through you mm, yeah that's such a powerful powerful intention um, when working uh, I love that you do that I do that as well and it comes back to what is the space that you're holding right and with your intention you create that space and then with your training and your certifications and your skills then you do the work but it's a combination of both like your skills and your abilities as well as like your intentions and being connected with that that is higher um whether it is higher intelligence um so yeah thank you Catherine that was like really really cool to have that chat with you um so I'm conscious of the time so we're gonna begin wrapping the conversation and I guess I just want to ask you is there anything else that you feel you want to share with our listeners any reminders any messages any invitations thank you so much natalia for this beautiful conversation and i feel you know we didn't know what was going to come up but i really believe that the right words came there for whoever needed to hear them and i really hope that everything landed with you so 
If you want to talk more, you want to connect with me, please find me on Instagram, Catherine Gallagher, uh, or at the Empower Method, you can find online and you can see everything I offer there. So the door is always open and it would be an honor to meet any of you who really felt touched by this conversation. Thank you. You're welcome. And we will add all of the links to the show notes. And also, I'm very excited to say that uh, Catherine lives in England, but she travels to Spain for work very often. So for anyone who's in Spain or is bilingual, um, Catherine is a good yoga teacher and mentor to be connected with if you want to get yourself involved in more like international environments and learn from English speaking teachers, which I know is a big thing for people in Spain. There's, I'm trying to help bridge the gap between the Spanish and English communities um, because sometimes I feel like people who are in um, England will, or any other European countries will go to Spain to do retreats or do many things, but then it's never involving Spanish people. And there's like this gap, right? So I'm just, I'm curious to see how we can bridge that gap because the yoga community in Spain and uh, spiritual community is also super beautiful. So just Absolutely. throwing that out there. <laughs> yeah. So if I can give a shout out actually to Surya Lila in Andalusia, this is where I go to their yoga retreat center and also training school. They have many classes in Spanish. They have a community of Spanish people coming I'm so sorry for my ignorance and not speaking it well enough to teach in Spanish yet, I hope one day, uh, but it's certainly a beautiful local place where, as well as the international community, Spanish people are coming from the local town. So, and amazing teachers as well, teaching in Spanish. So I hope you can join there sometime. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Catherine. And we'll speak to you next time. Thank you. Bye-bye. Well, there you have it. I hope that you really enjoyed that episode. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Catherine, for coming onto the show. And for our listeners, if you are feeling a pull to connect in with Catherine, please just go ahead and reach out to her. All of the links in show notes should be able to lead you to her platforms. And I'm very sure that she'll be very happy to connect with you all. If you are enjoying these episodes, I would really appreciate if you would leave me a five-star review in iTunes and I would love if you shared this episode on your Instagram stories, tagging me at BreathChica so that we can share the magic that happens in this podcast with more people and allow this message to reach some souls that perhaps need to hear what is transmitted in these episodes. So as part of my community, I'm reaching out to you to help me spread the message. And once again, many thanks for being here. I really appreciate your time. And I'm really looking forward to our next episode and to continue learning together. Lots of love.